been a minute since I've done an episode of The Last of the Driving Breed. Uh, welcome back. It is February of 2024. The last time I sat down and recorded an episode was October of 2021. It's been almost two and a half years since I've done a podcast. Um, I've been focused with my business and there's a few things we're going to talk about tonight. Um, the future of this podcast, the future of the business, um, the future of, um, what I'm doing with my bus, what I'm doing with all my cars, um, and a look into a look into an experimental video I want to do. Um, but, but let's start with the podcast. The Last of a Driving Breed. Um, I was really looking forward to doing a podcast with a friend who got a new job and things sort of you know, almost almost as fast as it seemed like they were coming together, it just sort of petered out, and I didn't want this to be a solo thing, and it turned into a solo thing very quick, and at about the same time I started the podcast is when I left my job in the movie industry and started just living off of selling parts for Volkswagens. And I still make a living selling parts for Volkswagens. It is rewarding. It is so much fun being being the guy to find that part that no one else has. I spend so much time on the internet. I keep track of who's got what so so effectively that I have a list of people who just hey, I, I'm looking for this thing. I'm, look, I'm looking for this set of gauges. And, you know, after a few months, I'm, I'll, I'll stumble on them and I'll, I'll, I'll let them know. It is fun being that guy. I enjoy it a lot. Because I do most of my sales on the internet, and I'm, when I say most, I mean 99% of my sales are facilitated over the, over the internet. Um... It's time-consuming, and it's a lifestyle in that I have to be connected to the internet every day playing this game with this algorithm on eBay to keep the money coming in. And the energy it takes to sit down, write, record, edit ad bumpers um, now there's going to be a video element and the format's going to change a bit um, because it is I don't want to say it's a lot of work because I know what podcasts I know I, I, I listen to I listen to very big podcasts and I listen to successful small podcasts and 
the it's, it's not I'm not putting in a lot of work I'm not I'm not putting in a lot of hard work compared to other podcasts but for me to do it all myself you know it feels like a bit of a chore and so I just haven't done an episode of the last of a driving breed I've never wanted it to be a I've never wanted it to be a stream I've never wanted it to be a internet you know zoom call with someone talking about cars I've wanted it I've wanted it to be an inter- face-to-face interview, and I wanted it to facilitate um, my ability to do for, uh, car photography. And it just hasn't been that, um, because I've been focused on playing this game with eBay and playing th- this game with my website. Um, so I am actually happy to announce that the last of a driving breed I am anticipating will be coming back this year um, I don't want to do it half-assed and that's that's really that's really my my big issue is even even this episode is probably going to feel half-assed um, because I'm, I'm just talking into my phone um, I don't have the microphones I, I bought a mixer and I learned how to use the mixer for you know for this podcast, and I don't use any of that stuff. You know, I I, I understand the the just like with my photography, I can do decent photos. I can I can do photos that people like with my phone. I can do better with one of my DSLRs, but. The DSLRs take significantly more work for an incrementally better final result, and I want to get to a point where no, I, I need I need to be doing that much better. So that's this podcast is an exercise in my writing. This podcast has been an exercise in my my speaking abilities. It's been an exercise in my photography, or at least it was at first. DaftonClassic.com is also changing formats. Um, I am, I am as of this month no longer employed at House of Gia. But one of the one of the highlights of the last couple of years was getting hired at House of Gia and building a new website for houseofgia.com. Now, things in the last few months have really gotten in the way of everything I've been doing. And I've had to make, make some I've had to make some chicanes and make some decisions. The long and short of it is, I've been trying to make the all-in-one I've been trying to make the one-stop shop for Volkswagens and there are already several places that do that DaftonClassic.com has the website's inception I've tried to make it the one size fits all the one-stop shop sort of experience and that has been very, very difficult to work with the specific system that I'm working with, with its 
floors and ceilings and its you know its walls and I have not been able to crack that nut and this is the thing that keeps me up until 2 a.m. in the morning 3 a.m. in the morning coming up with some sort of verbiage or phrase that I can use to consolidate categories it finally dawned on me that what I need to do is focus and that's what's coming with the website um, I've taken I, t- I took down all the inventory again um, it's almost been an annual thing for me every January I get it in my head that there's another there's some new there's some new approach I can employ to make my website make sense and I increasingly what I've found building the House of Gear website in parallel was because the House of Gear website is just carving Gia parts it's getting more activity without an announcement it's when I lived in Los Angeles until the last podcast I recorded uh, because I lived very 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 close to a warehouse full of Volkswagen parts I was shipping very very economically I was pushing parts very very cheaply because it was very very cheap for me to get them they were just up the street almost literally so when I moved I had to I have to employ a shipper because I still do I still do a lot of, a lot of uh, well, I'm not I'm not I'm not happy to say drop shipping but I know the people who are doing the drop shipping as a matter of fact my shipper used to be my boss 10 years ago as a matter of fact it's uh, when my shipper was when I uh, started working for a eBay consignment business in Los Angeles um, that that business is now you know that that's now the guy who does my shipping for me but it is it is it is now drop shipping and that has a cost and my prices have all had to be adjusted to accommodate my increased cost to ship and now I mean just just that alone because I've had to just make that one adjustment and now I have to charge a charge a few bucks extra for shipping I'm no longer positioned at the economy level of parts. You know, for all intents and purposes, I was trying to be the 7-Eleven of Volkswagen parts. Um, something for everyone that was supposed to be quick, easy, and cheap. You know, you know what you're getting. If you know what you're looking for, you know what you're getting. Um, and it's here at this website and even simpler I try to tell people just reach out to me directly and you know I'll get you taken care of I I invoice stuff all the time but I can't charge extra for that and very well justify it to the public and that that has been my challenge for the last two and a half years and really why I stopped doing the podcast because 
I don't have a degree in business. I don't have any experience in business. I'm figuring this out as I go along. I'm being mo- I'm motivated mostly by passion and a desire to be free. Um, I, you know, I don't have to get up and go to work, and that's very, very nice. That's a very, very luxurious feeling. You know, it's a bit of a privilege that I feel I've earned. But it has a cost, and the cost is constantly being faced with my shortcomings. And the website's been a massive shortcoming. And that shortcoming has been trying to deliver the 7-Eleven experience with Whole Foods pricing. Just because of the added cost of shipping. I spent so many years packing these parts myself that I know I know where the pitfalls are and I can anticipate that and I can work with my shipper with my with my old boss and we can figure it out. But I can't I can't be the specialty. I can't I can't ask the premium price and not deliver a premium retail experience is what I'm getting at. And furthermore, even though there are several Type 3 parts that I have access to, I've never owned a squareback or a fastback. And obviously, I would love a notchback, because the notchbacks are the coolest of the three. But I'm not a Type 3 guy. I'm not going out of my way to find myself a Type 3. Um, when I started Dafton Classic, I had a Super Beetle. And Dafton Classic enable, enabled me to build a very nice 69 bug. And then I traded it for a bus, and now I'm a bona fide bus guy. Um, this year will be the fifth year of ownership of my daily driven 1970 Volkswagen bus. And this is what I get to do with it. Talking to my camera next to a campfire. So the, uh, the announcement for Dafton Classic itself. Dafton Classic is going to be type two only. Effective immediately. I've, I've already, I've already started it. Um, I've taken all of the type three parts down, all of the type four parts down. All of the bug parts, the gear parts, the thing parts. If you go to daftonclassic.com now, you're you are only going to find parts for split window bus and bay window bus. Once I've got those two sorted and the website functioning, and rebuild my part store for Dafton Classic to be split window bus and bay window bus and then house of gia will carry obviously how uh carmen gia parts between these two websites there's a whole lot of crossover that i can that i can still manage and obviously if you have a type 3 there's nothing stopping me from selling you type 3 parts but to make a functional website, something I've learned from House of Gia is that the specialty angle really, really helps with the overall customer experience. 
that's what I've been faced with as I have to charge more money to stay in business. Um, how do I deliver? How do I deliver better better service? And that is going to be from this point on. Dafton Classic is going to be Type Two only. The last thing I think I want to talk about tonight. A few months ago, I drove from Salem, Oregon, to Los Angeles then out to Jerome, Arizona, and then Tucson, and then Albuquerque, Roswell, into Texas, through El Paso, and then, and then, and then all the way back. Something I noticed, something that I've noticed since I got back to Oregon a few years ago, and something that I noticed across the country, or, or at least across the Southwest as well as the Pacific Northwest, somewhere inside my Super Beetle, actually it's not somewhere, I know exactly where it is, it's actually not even going to be that hard to get to, um, but I have the fuel log from my very first car. Something of note in that fuel log Something of note in that fuel log was when I would get ethanol-free fuel, I would get roughly a 10% bump in mileage. Now, my Super Beetle was a car. If I was very, very easy on the throttle... On regular 87, I'd get about 40 to the gallon, and I can get 45 to the gallon with ethanol-free. Now, ethanol-free is obviously 100% um, gasoline, and then the the conventional fuel that we have in Oregon, and everywhere I've lived in California, everything is E10. Now, there's a little bit of math involved that I'm not going to get into it tonight, but something I've noticed and something I want, I would like to hear some feedback on. I'm not super hyped on ethanol-free fuels anyway. I've written an article about fuel, and one of the big myths, in my opinion, is sort of the boogeymanism about ethanol-blended fuels. Well, one of the best things about having a daily-driven classic car is... Especially, especially a Volkswagen. Um, my carburetor, my fuel pump, um, those come from Brazil, where they've had ethanol blended fuels since the 1970s. Ethanol's not going to hurt that. And because I daily drive, I don't have to worry about the fuel sitting. I don't need to worry about the ethanol breaking things down. However, I have experimented with, and I've noticed, a change in what should be a fuel that delivers a higher miles per gallon because it contains more, it contains more joules of energy. Gasoline has a higher specific energy than ethanol does, therefore a 10% ethanol blended gasoline 
will have, and it's it's not quite ten percent. Um, again, I'll I'll do the math when I'm not sipping on another beer. But what you would expect to observe with ethanol-free fuel is higher fuel economy over an E10 blend, over conventional, you know, E10 pump gas. And I've noticed a few times that I've thrown ethanol-free in, I'm not, I'm not getting that gain. And that's interesting. It's worth noting that what I do know is at 10 years ago, even though I don't believe that ethanol-free is really that great of a thing, I mean, it's fine, and it's great to get better fuel economy, but it was almost a wash in that it was the only way to get the ethanol-free fuel was to buy it in a premium octane form, so you're paying a premium price for it, and... 10 years ago, it was in, in, um, I'll get the logbook and I'll, I'll, I'll show the math. It was right about a wash. Um, it was cheaper, but it'd get less fuel mileage to get the regular conventional gasoline. It was more expensive, but I would get, be able to go further on ethanol free. And it was right about a 10% difference. It was it was roughly the difference between forty to the gallon and forty five to the gallon. Conversely, I'm paying more to get that kind of saving, so I wasn't actually really saving anything. Flash forward to today, it's still a premium. It's still well over six dollars a gallon for ethanol free, but I'm not getting any fuel mileage benefit. That tells me that the energy level, the it's something. It, it doesn't have the energy that gasoline should so so this has been something that I've noticed and I've actually wanted to talk about because it's just weird and it's not just an Oregon thing like I thought maybe maybe it could be an Oregon thing so I want to leave this episode with a uh, question and that is if you can get ethanol free fuel do you and when you do have you noticed any performance gain have you noticed any fuel economy change any fuel economy gain or not so i guess i guess what i guess in summary what i'm getting at is i'm going i'm going to do one of one of my future videos one of the videos i'm going to be doing soon is going to be doing some of the math and i guess i kind of want to get the conversation started do you do you fill up with ethanol-free fuel, and do you notice a fuel economy change when you do? Are you willing to are you willing to switch between ethanol and non-ethanol, and see if you see see if in your in your driving do you get a fuel economy difference? It's it's interesting because. On paper, gasoline is gasoline. And if you're buying ethanol-free gasoline, what could they put be putting in it that's causing a difference in fuel economy? I don't know. 
but gives us a direction to go in next. So thanks for joining me on the return episode of A Last of a Driving Breed.